0: Welcome back to the Outer Towns Podcast for episode 4 and I think the only place to start this week is to offer our prayers and thoughts to the families of Emiliano Salat and David Ibbotson, very sad story during sad. during the week, tragic and I know hopes are dwindling the search was called off uh, a couple of days ago but I'm sure I speak for everyone when, when we say we're still praying for a
1: miracle. Without a doubt yeah, let's hope for the best. Uh,
0: and we'll start a week in football um, by talking about very briefly, City confirming their place as the other final as the other finalists. It's a surprise, isn't it? Uh, massive surprise. Uh, I didn't think they were going to make it through. No, no, it was a tough, yeah. tough
1: aggregate. It was very close, wasn't I'm it? I'm sure Pep had to do a real big team talk, the team that game. talk at the start.
0: Team talk the only surprise, obviously, to us was that it was only one one goal on the night to uh, yeah. so confirm a ten ten nil aggregate win. I mean, ten is enough. You know what I mean? 10 yeah. ten is enough. And I'd like to think there was a little bit of respect shown yeah I mean
1: yeah. how they got to that stage it's, it's, it's incredible um, dream like, of the cup isn't it really? it
0: is its is. and it's not the FA Cup but it's a domestic trophy and yeah. I heard Nigel Clough on the radio talking the day of the game saying that he doesn't see Burton get into that, that round in any cup again so they were just going to enjoy that day and I, I've been to Burton away uh, and it's an incredible state. He's an old school, school.
1: He manages to do it, Cloughy, doesn't he? he he's uh, Was it Nottingham or so? Burton. Is his, his
0: clu- Burton is his club. Because I, I know he went off, off to uh, to Forest as well. Uh, but he's ended up but back didn't at Burton. But did quite far? I, he's, an, he's taken another club Maybe, yeah, quite in a far cup, in the cup. competition. I know that uh, much. But he's done a fantastic job at Burton. They're very lucky to have him. It seems to be his club. Uh, and before the game, there were worries about Uh, if City fans would rock up in numbers because obviously they don't do they don't do at home Um, and I was saying to a couple of people on Twitter that I really hope they do because obviously you don't think about Burton being one of those famous away days but I went there for a League Cup game a couple of years ago you all saw me on telly behind the ground with the family yes Um, and it was a fantastic day Uh, you have like a little kind of beer stall uh, inside the walls but outside obviously the stands and it's a really great atmosphere. You're standing behind the goal, so it's old school. Yeah. Uh, and it is, and it sounded like City took a few, and they seemed to have a, um, a good time. Apart from the fact that they were 10-0 up and uh, reaching a final, and they weren't talking about Pep, they weren't singing about City. they were singing about Liverpool. But I won't, I won't. We're unbiased. <laughs> we're
1: unbiased. I won't talk about the fact that we're living rent free in their heads, and we'll move quickly. And on. To prove we're unbiased, <laughs> um, we, we're now going to have to say some nice things about. A club neither of us are exactly yes. uh, enamored with. Yes, uh, it seems like all he's going to is passing test after test. He is, he is. I
0: agree. So obviously we're recording on a Saturday morning, so the most recent bit of news was last evening. Was last night uh, United beating Arsenal three one in the FA Cup, and and I watched the game at my parents. We had no power, so we couldn't watch it at home.
1: <laughs> um, oh, so you, you had to, you had to. Had had to go to that level, we had, to, yeah, had yeah. to
0: drive around the corner, uh, watch it on television. It was, United were good. I've got to say, there were a couple of half chances for Arsenal, which could have meant that the game went either way, um, but those two goals in two minutes
1: completely stunned them. I think he's another goal Sunshine. He is. He is one of the most. I, I mean, I'd probably say prolific strikers of his generation when he was playing. I mean, I don't know whether he's. I've I got his stats of how many he scored, but for me. Like you think of one player who could just bag goals, and it he was Mister was he was an Roy yeah, yeah. and another. But Oligo Solskjaer sure is in that list, and if he can't get strikers confident and scoring, you know, you you you're thinking, well, who can? I my worry is, and dare I say, hope that those defensive fragilities um, once again rear their ugly head. They've not
0: really come up against um, adversity. Yeah, have the they, only, they haven't had.
1: Yeah, the only team that they've played in terms of real quality, it's Spurs. Spurs. But as we said, I think we said last week, they are, and, and everybody knows this, they are the ultimate bottle jobs. And we'll, come on,
0: we'll come on to that in Absolutely. a minute. Um, and I agree. Arsenal, I still think, are a quality side. The issue is, I mean, you speak about United's defensive fragilities. Out of the top six sides, the only team with defensive fragilities worse than United or Arsenal. You look, yeah. you look at those... And, first even, and goal, even
1: worse, actually, you know, we're going to come on to the, uh, the cup game. Uh, the other, other semi final, yeah. yeah. In terms of fragil- fr- fragilities, of, words of, are hard, they are, words <laughs> are hard, especially <laughs> on the Saturday morning. Um, and it, it got even worse for them, but yeah, you're right. It, it's two clubs who neither of them, I mean, you've got Kashelny at Arsenal. Him going off was a big blow to yeah. Arsenal yesterday. But you feel like they no commanders at the back, and, yeah. and it, it, it's sad, really, when you think these two clubs were the. You know, was the game you watched kind of when we Definitely were late in, late nineties, yeah. early 90s. You know, was there like it was the one you didn't miss because yeah. you had the clashes with you know Vieira and Roy Keane, and you had the defensive clashes. You know, you had Sol Campbell on one side, and, and now then, you've got
0: Jesse Lingard handbags. It's it's a bit of a like it's a yeah, bit of a come down from
1: that, isn't it? But it's modern football, and I think that's the modern footballer, isn't it? But for for me, I, I mean, I, there is. I don't think there is a big clash like that anymore in the Premier League. I don't think there's. With, with even that, with, like from my point of view even Liverpool
0: United the last couple of games I mean obviously they beat us at Old Trafford last year with Rashford turning Trent inside out um, and obviously we've beaten them this year with a couple of deflected chat goals but even those two games there wasn't that bite obviously from the fans perspective it's massive of course it's, it is it's, it's the game that you think about all week and that'll never it's change game, no
1: it's the first fixture the you will on. You don't have
0: you don't have the likes of Stevie steaming into tackles, Roy Keane steaming into tackles. No. You don't have the likes of Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira in the tunnel arguing with each other. And it and like you said um, a couple of minutes ago, it might be the fact that it's modern football. Uh, but bringing it back to the the action on the pitch, um, it, it was an interesting game in that it was it was two big counter attacks from United that basically put the game. Seemingly beyond Arsenal until they brought brought it back before yeah. half-time.
1: And it seems to be a te- uh, a technique that Ollie's trying to build into mm. the team because I think was it last weekend where that Pogba through ball that you know that was a turnaround from it you was, know it, it looks like counter attacking attack. football yeah counter attacking football looks the but way that's the they way they, they used to play that's the it way is. they used
0: to play with quick yeah. wingers um, right. that's the way everyone saw United playing they they never ticky tagged about they never played how City are playing now they were always quick transition. Uh, defence to attack and Ollie seems to Ollie, not just Oli Oli Gunnar Mike, um, feeling. Mike Feeling and the backroom staff and you can guarantee
1: in. that Sir Axe Ferguson has been in, in and around that oh, more than when it. Jose was definitely, ever there definitely um, I think it's a good time to say that we you know we're noticing how United are doing well but we kind of both hope I think that this quickly comes to I, an end
0: just to finish this, this part about United off uh, me and dad were watching the game last night and I said to dad, there was nothing about United that worries me. We're going to Old Trafford in, in not long in February, I think mm. it is. And yeah, they're playing well. And the only thing that would slightly concern me is the confidence that they're playing.
1: That's the thing, yeah.
0: But we're top of the league and we're confident as well. Yeah. And I think I genuinely think, looking at those two teams, I said to dad, neither of those teams worry me. Like about even coming close to top two, that United will will suffer adversity at some point. And it will be interesting to see how those because at the moment everything's rosy and when you go into work and everything's like that. But when Pogba starts to have a bit of a strap, how's
1: Solskjaer going to deal with that? And it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Mm. Um, and you know we'll have to wait and see. But let's move on to talking about one of the same teams, but in a different game. Yeah. Um, last night was uh, Arsenal-Chelsea. Um, last week, Arsenal-Chelsea. Sorry, last yeah. week was arsenal
0: Last week, we'll briefly talk about that because it leads into the other Chelsea game. So Arsenal um, comfortably beat Chelsea 2-0. Very comfortable. They were 2-0 yeah. up at half-time, Lacazette and Koscielny. Koscielny's goal coming off his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I said that when, when I saw it in real time. The way he arched his body, I was like, that, that was a weird goal. And then yeah. obviously he saw the replay and um, and it came off but it his shoulder. it wasn't really the
1: game that um, it's the most interesting point, is it? It was I
0: mean, it was interesting how Arsenal so comfortably beat Chelsea, who had such a good run at the start of the season. But yeah, like you said, the main bit of news that came out of that was Syri's comments afterwards. Like recently he's been doing interviews in English and after the game he actually took his translator along because he didn't want his message well, they actually misunderstood
1: said, he, yeah he said didn't he he said I don't want to be you know, misunderstood when I'm saying this so he's going uh, to speak in his natural tongue yeah. and, and basically he questioned the motivation of some of his players which is not
0: surprising because haven't we been doing that for years of Chelsea definitely yeah. um, under, under three managers now the issue with Chelsea is, that, and, and we've spoken about this from time to time is that the players have far too much power and there are players in that squad that think they can bypass the manager because they're mates with the owner. So if they're not happy with the manager, yeah. they go to Rome and they say, this isn't really working out. And this has happened time and time and time again. You've no Terry, you've no
1: Lampard to kind of keep the glue in that dressing exactly, room now. Yeah. Um, but for me, and it, this, <coughs> this is the worrying thing for Chelsea really, is that um, Barcelona, there's one player who can do that. Yeah. But he's he is committed to that club. He's seen
0: as one of the greatest full-time yeah. time as well.
1: Everything he does it, it, it benefits Barcelona. Mm. For Chelsea, you, I don't think, as an outsider, not a, not a Chelsea fan, as an outsider, I always feel that Eden is, is. I, I question his his loyalty to that club. I mean, I know he's been there for a long time, but I feel he's only been there for a long time because the big clubs haven't Maybe. quite reached out. Um I, on one side of the coin I'd say Chelsea
0: fans cannot possibly blame him for wanting to leave now because like you said he has been there for a while and he's actually won pretty much everything you can win as a as a domestic footballer yeah. in domestic cup competition uh, but I said to you off mic that I don't think he can truly be called one of the best players in the world until he has that consistency and the best players in the world do not take full seasons off because they don't get along with the boss and Hazard's stats last season were pathetic yeah i mean i'm not even exaggerating that they were pathetic for a former player of a pfa player of the year uh, a, a former league champion a champions league winner they were pathetic and you don't have messi and ronaldo have off seasons yeah but their off seasons are still incredible statistics yeah absolutely incredible did, did
1: messi have one a couple of years ago and people were i saw on twitter quite a lot of people were like, and he's still half taking the the make, but still yeah. saying he scored this many. And goals. if
0: Hazard wants to be seen in that role, that's fine. But he, he cannot just strut when he's playing for a manager who doesn't like. Um, and obviously that will bring us on to what Sari said before the Chelsea Spurs game. But to finish off on Hazard, I think we can't really say he's got the potential to be world class because he's not young anymore. No, uh, he's played at the highest level for so long. He's a game changer. He is, and I love. Oh, he's, he's he's when he's on form, he is he's he's spectacular, and he was brilliant in the game that we're about to discuss uh, in a minute. But I can understand him being one of the players that maybe. I mean, sorry, didn't name any players after that game after the Arsenal Chelsea game. Mm. He just questioned the motivation, which is an interesting t- 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 tactic in itself. Words are hard. <laughs> It is an interesting tactic in itself because I'd say that's part of the manager's remit to motivate your players.
1: Interesting how he's doing it because mm. leading on to what he did before um, the, League Cup semi. the League Cup semi-final. Yeah, yeah. Um, in in that he he, sing, he singled out. Yeah, Eden Hazard. He did. And for me, I think we were talking again off off mic. It's strange we do a lot of talking off mic, <laughs> um, but we were saying like. I said in particular that I think it's a good tactic personally. I think it may not have been aimed specific, even though he mentioned Hazard, it might not have been aimed to try and motivate trying to Hazard. Get,
0: trying to get a raise out of the players around Hazard. Exactly, well. because
1: clearly he is a leader. I mean,
0: I mean, he wears the armband for Belgium quite often, doesn't he? And he in made that point so
1: pretty clear, didn't he? Hazard asked, said that
0: after the game. he said yeah. He was asked whether he sees himself as a leader because he was always going to be asked that. After Sari saying that he's not a leader, Hazard was always going to be asked that. And Hazard went against what his manager said yeah. and said, I do feel like a leader on the pitch. I am one of the leaders of this team. Um, and it is a tactic that Sarri's used in the past and we'll talk about that when we talk about transfers because obviously Chalzi brought in Higuain. And Sari's done this in the past where he digs out players. Now there was a load on TalkSport and on Five Live this week about whether it's a good tactic. Some saying not, some saying uh, it is. But it got a Hazard was... Yeah. one of the best players on the pitch and as has,
1: has come from a humble beginning as a manager into mm. he's now in the Premier League at Chelsea he's so clearly his tactics have worked for him along the way so I'm, I'm
0: maybe maybe because he's not won a trophy he's, he has he's still like, in his managerial career but
1: has he has feeling. he managed anyone as, Other than as arguably as big as Chelsea yeah, you know no. what I mean so it's, we'll have to wait and see but for me it worked they got the result and, did. and for me that's And we could argue whether it was his tactic of digging out
0: his players that got the result or that uh, standard Spurs reputation of bottling semi-finals that got Chelsea through to the final. 1-0 ahead from the first leg.
1: Yeah. Played fortuitous 1-0 ahead. Yeah,
0: but they were still 1-0 ahead. I mean, I know we discussed that penalty at length. Um, Still 1-0 ahead going away to Stamford Bridge, which, I mean, in recent years it's a tough place to go, but more and more... Over the last couple of years, especially, people have gone to Stamford Bridge and got results. Yeah, um, it's true. Spurs seem to crumble. And I know and I know any Spurs fans listening will point to the injuries, point to the fact that they've lost Harry Kane, Deli Son to the Asia Cup, but he'll be back soon because they've been knocked out, was it last night or the day before. And yet, they're big players. Uh, I've been whinging about injuries to Liverpool all week. Yet, they're big players to be missing. But he played his full-strength side, apart from the goalkeeper. Now, that is a decision that Poch made, and I'd argue it could have cost them the first goal, Kante's goal where it goes. Yes. Through, and you could argue, yes, he's unsighted slightly, but it's a, 20, a strike from 25 yards It goes through two sets of legs. But then it goes through the goalkeeper's legs. Yeah. And the goalkeeper's positioning isn't just bizarre. His body positioning is baffling as well. Like He's got one knee to the ground, one that way, and it's, it's bizarre. Now, I, in my opinion, Laurie saves that.
1: He's a fantastic it, goalkeeper,
0: he, and it, I know he's made mistakes um, in recent times, but he's a very good goalkeeper. And for me, it sends out the wrong message. That was Spurs' biggest chance to reach a final. I mean, we say in, in a couple of years, but obviously they were in the, the FA Cup semi last year and they lost to United last year. Yeah, it was that would have been Spurs' biggest game of the season. They need a trophy, that club. Poch needs a yeah,
1: trophy. Yeah, Poch needs a trophy.
0: Needs a trophy. So why put in a third choice goalkeeper? He, he does doesn't this, though. Form, I
1: mean, I know. it? I know Luis had his troubles at the start of the season, and obviously the goalkeepers have changed then But I, he, he kind of he does like to keep the goalkeepers hand in, doesn't he? And obviously it's not worked with this one. Um, maybe he saw Chelsea as a team who weren't capable of, of getting, you know, scoring push. that many goals. Exactly. Yeah. Which again, it's as amazing. we come into uh, our later segments, we'll talk about. It. But I think um,
0: I think Poch is just as much to blame. As obviously the Spurs squad, as well. I think he made the decision to not play his first choice goalkeeper in a League Cup semi-final second leg away from home, and that that in my opinion it gives the wrong message. I think if you want to make a final, you play your strongest possible players. In Especially when he's
1: in a manager that people are looking at at the minute. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think we've we've pretty much covered um, the week in football um, there and. Definitely. Now we're going to move on to next, uh, quite a contentious issue. Okay, moving on to a Tom Daly special. Uh, we're clearly moving sports here. No, we're not. Uh, we're going to talk about diving. Um, yes. It's something that rumbles on year after year after. Year we've actually after mentioned
0: year. it in a few recent podcasts. We have,
1: we have, and. Um, I mean, you've you've done the research on this this weekend. A little bit. It's quite it difficult. difficult. It's it's quite difficult uh, looking
0: for specific statistics in who's been booked for simulation. for for a standard fan uh, specific statistics on who's been booked for simulation. Um, I found some interesting stats by teams, but not by players. So between the thirteen fourteen and the seventeen eighteen season mm-hmm. up to the end of last season, the most prolific teams. Um, for being booked, for having players booked for diving were Palace and Chelsea and they've had 11 bookings each now I don't think that's that surprising when you hear um, during games uh, the commentary talking about how Zaha and Hazard are the most fouled players in the league so there's yeah. a bit of a link there isn't there the fact that Hazard and Zaha are the most fouled players in the league and yet those two clubs have got the most bookings for diving there seems to be a bit of a correlation there
1: it, yeah it's true it, it's for me I feel for the referees because it's such a split second decision it is. and I think you know obviously do a lot of, um, a lot of reviewing and a lot of practice you know to, to, to see how you, your body language and how you fall and mm. all that and, and to get an idea and but know, even the linesmen by... are, are in there as well, but mm. it's very very difficult to see especially these players that are low center of gravity mm. and I think to be honest, the players that we are going to mention today tend to be these players that have a low center of gravity well, two that i've put in my notes are Salah and Sterling um
0: now people i think obviously i'm biased unbiased biased um people have been sp- speaking about Mo Salah quite a lot recently um which is interesting because not a word was mentioned about him last season about it nothing was mentioned about him so-called diving to win penalties and actually uh, this season people were talking about him going down um, easily, and there have been times where he's been down easily, but I don't think he's dived.
1: I mean, the Newcastle game. I
0: don't think that's a dive, and, and I know we disagree, and I'll I'll argue this till the cows come home. The naivety of the Newcastle defender was it Clark? Clark, yeah. The naivety to put your arm on the back of Mo Salah and his shoulder in an almost grabbing
1: motion. As soon as it happens, Mo's going to go to ground. The, the thing is, the contact was minimal for me. I and I think I I'm, I'm very clear on this. It is one of my most hated parts of football. I, it's, it's, I find there's, there's two sides to this. There's the winning a foul, mm-hmm. which I think Eden Hazard is very good at. Clearly, yeah. he's, he's overstepped the mark a few times, but he's very good at. Mm-hmm. And there's diving. And I feel, especially this Newcastle one, because I clearly don't see enough uh, as much of, of Salah as you see. Yeah. But for me, the contact there was minimal. And it was up on his shoulder. You're not falling over from someone... Well, it depends Re- how quickly you're moving. Yeah. I mean, God. that picture you sent me of him of him going down with his arm. What you mean was well, about three miles of daylight between him and any other Newcastle yeah, player. But
0: that's but a picture can show anything. You no, didn't you're show right. the clip. You right. the, the clip he, shows. He only just
1: started motion on the picture I mean, I've shown you. And and I've only seen, just.
0: I've seen so many people talk about how Salah goes down easily, and I'll, I'll point everyone to this one instance at Bournemouth away, when he scores a goal having had his Achilles raked down the back by the ball in the center I watched that game. And if, and if he's going to go down easily there, he's going to go down, he's going to try and win a penalty, he's going to try and but get it, the last centre-off. he carries on and he scores. He's a
1: forward. Yeah. He's, forwards tend to be the sort of... the single-minded in yeah, wanting to score. He knew in that moment but, he was more likely to score than two of having to do the penalty.
0: In two of the instances where Moe's gone down supposedly easily, he could easily have gone on and at least taken a shot on goal. And He's still the top scorer in the Premier League. He's still one of the best players in the Premier League I think in a couple of instances he's gone down easily and I think the one that would you class this, that as diving I think if there's contact it's hard isn't it
1: because it's still, I, for me it's I still
0: diving I, no, see, I, I think if there's contact I think if the defender is naive enough don't get me wrong I'd be livid if it was given against me because, obviously, I have that club bias. But I think in, in football nowadays, because we say nowadays, we say the modern game, because it has changed over the last 10, 15 years massively. I think if a defender is naive enough to put his hands on an attacker in the box, because, let's be honest, I still think that Newcastle one, anywhere else on the pitch, if we're on a counter, it's a foul, it's a free kick. So if that's giving us a free kick anywhere else on the pitch, it's a penalty inside the box. If a defender is is naive enough to grab attackers anywhere put, make contact with them with their arms not their bodies or the shoulders I agree with that I think if they're naive enough they give the, the, the referee a decision to make and referees but, love a decision to make love a decision. they to do make. now the point I'm making was the Palace one where we didn't get it and this is what brought this whole thing um, to, the, to the front of the media if you look at Mo's reaction Mo doesn't go claiming the penalty he goes down the reason this has been made a lot of is the Palace players' reaction. Mo goes down and immediately tries to swipe the ball away with his leg to win the ball and gets up. It's the reaction of Tomkins. Sacco doesn't really react either, who, who committed the supposed... Probably because he was
1: confused as to which was, team he was
0: playing for. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, Mamadou is not not the brightest of players. Um, but it was the Palace players' reaction because of this reputation, and it's hard to shake a reputation. And talking about reputations for diving, I think Sterling's a good one because... In the news this week, apparently, I don't know if this is fact, it was a, it was a couple of separate articles, City have compiled a dossier about um, all of the times that Sterling, they feel, has been unfairly characterised for diving when he's been genuinely filed. And I don't know how big that dossier would
1: be. It's not good for a club to uh, to feel they need to have to compile a dossier, a dossier. to defend one of the players.
0: Think, no, no, of course not. Um, and I, do, I mean, I... As again as a Liverpool fan I've let the whole Sterling stuff go he's gone on he's won league titles he's won stuff that he, he wouldn't have won with us so fair enough the way he handled it wasn't great but I genuinely do I've seen at least three or four occasions this year of Sterling being taken down and not getting the penalty now there's got to be something behind that
1: there has to, Ref- be. Thing has is, to be the thing is referees uh, do latch on at reputations point. they do the they're not supposed to I mean, look at look at Neymar. I mean, mm. uh, I don't think we can have a conversation about diving without talking about Neymar. And Neymar is is. I mean, we talk about all these players in the Premier, but Neymar is far beyond the most pathetic. I'd use uh, the
0: word pathetic, and having seen him first hand at Anfield early on in the season, where Trent pretty much had him in his pocket, he was rolling around. Just it was it's so frustrating, like we talk about Mo with a man his
1: quality right? who, who has genuine quality we,
0: we talk about mo uh, Salah, we talk about harry kane and sterling who whether they they've dived to win a penalty they've dived to win a free kick it's they've gone over easily you rarely see all three of them rolling about 14 times just to kind of waste time and and get a player booked or sent off yeah. and that's what neymar does Neymar tries to get people booked. He tries to get fellow professionals sent off. He tries when we lost at uh, Park of Prince earlier on against PSG in the Champions League. I've never seen a player on his
1: backside more. It seems to be. I mean, in our era, um, we we've, we've was it Rivaldo at the corner flag? Rivaldo, the, away, the ball hits him in his thigh, and he, he holds his face. It mm. seems to be play acting is a is a very Brazilian thing. I, I mean, I, I don't speak. I don't speak Portuguese, so I couldn't. Um, yeah, of course not. I couldn't watch the soaps over there, but I assume <laughs> they are some fantastic quality. I think I mean it was. It's all this gamesmanship,
0: isn't it? People thought it was this foreign, this foreign stuff bringing it over to the Premier League, whereas actually English players have got quite good at it now. Um, anyway, it's it, we've I've mentioned this saying a few times in the last few weeks. It's win at all cost, and I'm I'm not agreeing with it. And like I've said, we use the word pathetic to de- describe Neymar because he's a very talented footballer, but. It is pathetic when you see these players uh, in Champions League, in the Europa League, in La Liga, uh, rolling about eight or, t- eight, eight or nine times to literally just get a player, a, a professional colleague, sent off
1: or booked. It's, it's, it's so annoying it's to It's a watch. part of the game I cannot stand. When it, I used to said. play, and
0: obviously I never played at any decent level, played at university, played high school, college. Um, if someone nails you. You'd want to get straight back up. You wouldn't want them to have the satisfaction of thinking I've hurt.
1: Yeah. they've hurt you. I mean, I have a background from rugby. You know, we played rugby mm-hmm. for for a, f- a few years, and if someone hurt you, you, you then took that as a well. Let's sort that mm-hmm. out. Let's sort it out. You know right? what I mean? And, and it is. It's a state. It's a state of the footballs today. Mm-hmm. The money has turned them into flashy, uh, weak willed. Sorry, may have been hit. You know, hit the nail on the head mm-hmm. with it. Um, but it's turned footballers not every footballer I think that's
0: that's unfairly tiring all footballers yeah
1: but these footballers it tends to be these footballers who find fame and and success young yeah tends to be who then grow up into a football world where they think they're a step above and it's 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 this feeling that they're entitled to those decisions from the referee. I think Neymar is the biggest one. Really. Do, you
0: know, do you not remember Zaha coming out a few weeks ago, saying how much of a joke it is that referees are ignoring fouls on him? Yeah, it was,
1: it was uh, a to ballsy a de- move. To
0: a degree, I understand his frustration. He's a, he's a very talented player, uh, Wilfred Zaha, and he is the most fouled, for a re- one of the most fouled, for a reason. But when you start coming out and saying stuff like that in the press, the only reaction you're going to
1: get is, woe is me exactly and referees are going to look at that and say well he's criticising us and they're going to double down on it aren't exactly, they yeah. it's not a smart move what needs to happen is and i think you were looking at some research yeah uh, within scotland wasn't you and, and i think did you say in, in in the premier league the panel changes
0: yeah so in the premier league uh, it was brought in 2017 well it was announced in 2017 that the following season so this season there would be retrospective two match bans for diving. Now, only two players in the top flight have been uh, banned for this. Considering how many um, uh, occasions that this happen every weekend, it seems like we're talking about. And that about tells me week.
1: that football turned into basketball <laughs> it's in it's terms ridiculous. of it's a no contact sport.
0: So, the first player done for it was Umar Niasi, uh, for Everton uh, against Palace over on the season, and Lanzini for West Ham done for it as well they're the only two top five players to be done and yeah the panel that gets together on a monday the people in it change now i don't know who were in it um i tried to look up names and i couldn't find who was part of that panel i remember them talking about it on Talksport a long time ago but it depends who's available but it's on a monday when they look at it and they decide whether there's enough now i think the way they do it in scotland is far better now they have a compliance officer whose name escapes me right now i think it's tony McGlennon. Um, who looks at the weekend's events. It's just one man who looks at the weekend's events uh, on a Monday uh, to decide whether there have been any dives missed by the match officials. And so if, what you're
1: telling me here is that you, Scotland have an impartial person who mm-hmm. does all of the dives, so he's therefore the most experienced man to do that job.
0: Well, apparently. Uh, this has been well, in place. But that's,
1: that's the system that sounds like it yeah, should be in ac- place. Yeah, according to the
0: BBC, this,
1: this has been in place in Scotland
0: since... 2011 uh, and if the compliance officer sees anything untoward if he does believe someone's died what happens is he offers um, he makes a note of complaint against the player mm. and then it's up to the players in the club whether they accept punishment whatever that would be yeah, yeah. or whether they make an appeal and then what if it's appealed it goes to an independent three man panel where the player is allowed to present his case and the yeah. club now I think that's far better than just having a group of five or six people get together well, they won't be in a, in a room together. They'll be sent the clips, yeah. and they'll be giving their uh, opinions by email on a Monday. And obviously, it's not working because, I mean, obviously, from a buyer's point of view, I was quite happy that more didn't get done because um, obviously that would be too much bias. And other players like Harry Kane, there've been obvious dives this year by other players that you'd think were more obvious than the Niasi yeah. and Lanzini ones, which which I which I had a quick look at earlier, um, but haven't been done. So it'd be interesting. If I had obviously the, the press accredita- accreditation to speak to someone high up and say, "One what, what yeah, one day, what are they doing? What is this? What what is this panel doing? Are they still getting together on a Monday? Uh, what what's the criteria? Because yeah, I, from my point of view, I, I've not heard of anyone. The Lanzini and Nasi ones were, were ages ago. So obviously, the, what they've put in place, and there's not a great deal we can learn from Scottish football. Not a great deal because I still think it's it's when it's, Scott Sinclair can go up there and tear up trees. The the quality up there is not great, but this the way they've the policy they put in place to deal with diving, I seem I seem to agree with. Sounds like a better system, doesn't it? It does seem like a far yeah.
1: better system. Well, that's diving. Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll move on from that. Yeah. And now on to transfers. Uh, quite a big. Yeah, for once. Uh, quite a big transfer for once, which mm-hmm. I'm happy to see uh, we'll start with. And that's unfortunately not in this league, the anyway, Premier League. Mm. Um, I think we'll talk about the, the Frankie de Jong. Yeah. Because there's quite a lot to talk about this, because there's two players involved in this that we could talk about in terms of going to Barca. One who's now the one. Frankie Dieng, who's going to wait to the end of the season, yeah. um, signed for seventy-five million euros,
0: with a further eleven million euros in add-on. Yeah, I mean
1: reputations. There, I mean, I can't say I've seen a great deal of him.
0: I've I've heard a lot about him. I've seen a couple of YouTube clips, but I don't I don't trust YouTube. But last time I trusted YouTube, it made Andre Varunin look like uh, Ronaldo. So I, no, <laughs> no, I no longer I no
1: longer tr- trust YouTube. I mean clearly he's a player who and, and I I when I was reading about this I, I read the words of the looking to for the next Sergio Busquets um, who I'll be honest I, even as someone who's watched and and watched football and you know as I've said previously I play a football manager and all that Sergio Busquets is not a man I've ever really taken much notice of and I think that's perfect yeah I um... think clearly he does his job I mean I I've no no real experience with him but I think I know you were saying when your, your brother was over in Spain for a while this was a few years ago now and you yeah. were saying um, about Sergio Busquets I always seem to remember he was he, he highly he's a linchpin
0: he was a linchpin of that Barca that all yeah. dominating Barca side um, you could mention him in the diving segment because he's known for his gamesmanship and slowing down games there was that moment where he went down against Inter was it? Jose's Inter and he was on the floor put his hands over his face then kind of had a sneaky look out with his with his eye just to see if he was wasting enough time um so he he was a master of the dark art Sergio but that can't take away from the fact that he was one of the world-class defensive midfielders and And he he allowed probably
1: still is yeah and he's quite good about his business and he
0: allowed that Barcelona team to go and play um and he yeah he was he's fantastic and Barcelona losing a massive player um They've bought potential because De Jong isn't the finished
1: article. Well, I mean, I, uh, I could look, but I'd, Sergio Bush gets, you know, um, I'm sure Frankie De Jong can learn a lot from him before, yeah. you know, because he's getting on in age. Hmm. Um, so. It's an interesting
0: one in that Barca were looking to replace a CDM and have gone for De Jong. City are looking to replace Fernandinho and we will link to De Jong and have obviously either been blown out the. I mean, I can't see City being blown out of the water financially. Um, there must be a reason De Jong has gone to Barcelona over City. Maybe it is just the fact that it's Barca, a far bigger club than Manchester. Manchester, I keep yeah. saying this. Manchester City are a big team, quality football is one of the best teams in Europe, but they're not a big club. So if you're someone like Frankie De Jong, and you're given the opportunity between
1: Barcelona and the City, it's one choice. It's a no-brainer. It's absolutely. It? It's true. a no-brainer. Um, and for, for me, it is. You know, they're getting him at the end of the season, but they've mm. they've made a uh, a transfer, and we may as well talk about it now. Uh, yeah. I've, I've got. The notes here. Um, Kevin Prince Boatang has come in for on a six month loan from Sasuela. It is a weird it is. one. Um the Spanish um journalist. Journalist, you have to say his name because I could never <laughs> yeah, get there. yeah, um has, has talked quite in depth about him. Um, and it, it sort of when you when you read about it, it sort of makes sense. He's mm. saying that um, he won't start. No. He comes in as a number nine who offers something different from Luis Suarez. Yeah. Which, to be honest, they haven't really got another no, striker. They've they got the, this youngster, Abel Ruiz, I yeah. know for a fact. But if no one and else...
0: Lionel uh, sometimes plays a false side as well, doesn't he? But I think
1: he prefers being on that yeah, side so course. he's got more movement, hasn't mm. he? But um, And he said, especially if they go through the Copa del Rey and Suarez is problems with his knee, mm. he'll uh, be more competitive in games than in training and all of a sudden you have someone else biting. So it sounds like you know, they're wanting Suarez to just maybe... Give him a bit of a rest.
0: Yeah. You know, in the, but the also make games. it more competitive. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. And he is Kevin Prince is that kind of player who I don't mean this uh, as a front to him personally, but he is a nasty player in that he will clip the heels of defenders, he will be on them constantly, like Louis is. Yeah. So he's a similar player in and he's nowhere near the quality of Suarez. But he's he's an aggressive player both. He's not gonna give the back line. Well it's interesting um, you
1: say that because uh, the <laughs> former Las Palmas manager um. Uh, was, was asked by the Barca manager about the player yeah. Um, and he basically came out and said look in the big games no one no one will give you more
0: well, he'll have a point to prove as well because he's never played at that level I know he's played for AC Milan but he's never played for a club uh, That I mean yeah. AC Milan when he played there weren't at the level they were like six, seven. Barca are looking to win La Liga they're looking to win Champions League Kevin Prince has never played at that level so he yeah he I can imagine that because he yeah. he will want to prove to that squad that he deserves to be there.
1: Rumbles though within within uh, world football talking about this transfer as it is strange mm. and talking about the financial muscle yeah. of Barcelona yeah. because and it, it 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 must be a difficult thing to to balance. You know you've got your big players like Dembele, Messi, and Suarez, Coutinho. Coutinho. Everywhere you talk on that field, they've got big names who are who are demanding a big packet yeah. at the end of the month. So. It sounds like to me that Barca are now having to be a little bit more careful mm. about who they buy. I think for me, it could it could be a smart transfer uh, alone. It could be a disastrous loan as well. Mm. But for, for for me, yeah, if they are having to balance that financial side, of it things. seems like there's been a change in trans- transfer strategy, isn't it? So last yeah.
0: la- last over the last twelve months, Dembele and Coutinho have arrived in their pomp, in their prime, on big wage packets for big transfer fees. Um, and now they not without from, news behind them though no, uh, course know, no, and, no. And,
1: and I think Debbele was very unhappy to be Yeah he with was Coutinho. But, he, but he was
0: on they were both unhappy because they were agitating for the move to Barca yeah. so they were at the, they were at the prime whereas the young they've bought potential and Kevin Prince they've bought as backup so there's a complete change in transfer strategy i'm inclined to agree with you in the fa- and um, with the rumblings going on that it, it could be prompted by finances um yeah. and just a quick bit to finish on finances within this kind of transfer um, could that be a reason why City haven't gone for Dion because I remember you, you said to me off mic that you felt um, or you dread read that they didn't want to pay the 75 million euros yeah uh, I've,
1: I've definitely read something yeah. this past week about well City Pep said
0: it Pep said that they can't yeah he did they as well. yeah, he compete did. in the transfer market I, I disagree I mean I say I disagree I don't know uh, City's books I doubt that's the case I doubt that they can't compete. I think it's probably more of a case of all these leaks coming out this season um, about them going against the FFP laws, and they'll want to keep their noses clean. Yeah, they won't want to go and flaunt their wealth when an investigation
1: could be on its way. And to be fair, no clubs at this minute are making massive transfers. I mean, mm. we're talking about 75000000 euros, sixty. It's still something. a lot of money, though. Still I mean, a lot, of money. but in world football nowadays, it's not. But I mean, and this is for
0: a kid as Pogba, well, so we've got to, to think about yeah, it. Because Pogba went for ninety. Yeah, Lukaku went for 75 rising to 90 so it's st- excuse me it's still a lot of money for a it's large not
1: it's not like the open your eyes and be like wow it's not player.
0: it's not the Coutinho 140 million yeah. it's not the Neymar 190 million it's not the Dembele it's becoming more
1: normal that it should really be it is
0: be. the bubble will pop eventually um, but and, and obviously teams are feeling the strains uh, Barcelona making these transfers yeah. rather than 140 odd million and City saying that they don't want to spend the money. I like it. It's more. T- I feel it's
1: more tactical. More. 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 Risky until it there. comes.
0: Until the prices start to come down. Yeah. It's uh,
1: in terms of bubbles popping. Yeah. Uh, one player in particular this week had his bubble well and truly popped. Um, he did a player who probably thinks of himself higher than what most people do.
0: He's their best player. So we're talking about Marco, aren't we?
1: It is West Ham, though. He, yeah. He. he you have bought. To be fair, I love that. Have bought.
0: Very clever link to Bubbles, by the way. Impressive. Um, yeah, he's... Uh, he, we've spoken about it for the last couple of weeks. It we feels have. like we've spoken spoken a lot about Marco. Hart, I think we've
1: but, mentioned him every week since we started this podcast. Yeah,
0: um, and it looks like these Chinese clubs, whoever they were, aren't willing to spend the 45, 50 million. Which, uh, when you're thinking
1: uh, that, that Moose is going there for nine or yeah. whatever, which I don't think's completed yet. No, I've not seen it completed. You know? I
0: think I've seen him with a shirt. Oh, right. I think. Um, but you can you can't understand West Ham wanting they'll take that money and apparently um apparently Pellegrini had, had identified the Celtic ego striker um I can't his name escaped Maxi uh his release clause is 43.3 million so it would have been right, basically an so like, to reach out yeah. Maxi yeah. um but it looks like he's staying now and I've got the statement here so I'll I'll quickly read it off Dear West Ham fans I guess it's no secret that there's been an offer for me and I have to admit that the offer was a very tempting one me and my family. Can I
1: just pause you there for a second? That means there was nothing for me. I wanted to go. Money, money, money. Exactly. <laughs> there, yeah. I've given 100% to my club duties, but I've also needed some time
0: to talk to my club, my wife and the rest of my family. Please let me go. I want someone out of that Chinese money. <laughs> I have now decided to put a stop to all the writings and speculation. I'm a professional footballer, and the only thing I know in life is to play football. It's clear that London and West Ham United... Feels like home for me and I hope the West Ham fans have always seen that. The club has pointed me my career in the right direction since I joined and therefore I want to put the offers aside. Help the club to climb as high as possible in the table and try to win the cup. Let's focus on the rest of this season together and let them bubbles fly. Come on, you Irons.
1: Let's be honest.
0: That is the most disingenuous statement
1: I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, what's happened is he hasn't decided that West Ham was a place for him. No. The offers have dried up. Yeah. And he's had to return tail firmly between legs and crawl back into that West Ham uh, team. I'd like
0: to think that the West Ham fans aren't naive enough to believe that. And I don't think they are. I think uh, they'll be pragmatic. They need him. It's The thing him.
1: is, it's football. At the end of the day, he'll yeah. have one good game and all will be fine.
0: Exactly. They're pragmatic. They'll move on. They'll need him until the end of the season. They can replace him at, at the end, end of the, of the season. season.
1: Let's move on to uh another club with two uh two transfers. Uh Victor Morse is leaving on eighteen month loan. Fernandinho, I think that's the right decision. I think.
0: Yeah, well, are having a terrible time of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. They the
1: moment, they're in the relegation zone. Vincenzo um, is a very talented footballer. I think you know he he's, needs he's, game time. He does, and he's obviously not in serious plans at all. No. You know, he did play quite a lot last season. Always
0: oh, play. He, he was come of Conte's golden boys, wasn't he? Yeah. A wing back. Um, uh, Completely different is, way of playing, though, isn't it? Yeah, two, 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 I've no, seen just... him close hand. I was really disappointed with him at, um, at Liverpool. I still blame him for the Jordan Henderson sending off in the City game, which yeah, you could argue that could have cost us a league title that year in 13-14 but he, he was good for Chelsea he needs the game time um, Fenerbahce is a bit of a weird one because their fans are fuming at the moment um, the players aren't happy the squad isn't good nothing to lose though I mean, 18 months is a long time if this the first six don't go well um, I would have thought another club might have been better fit for him but if he gets his game time there then fair play to him
1: yeah it's true um, and the bigger the bigger transfer, I I don't think we can like leave this podcast without talking about it no. is is Higuain uh, yeah a
0: really?
1: player who in my mind has and actually the stats that we've pulled up have sort of started to change my mind mm. in terms yeah, of yeah I've never well. seen Higuain as I've always seen him as a as a professional as a, as a good mm. player I've never seen him as a world beater but. We've been looking at his stats. I mean, for Juve, he played 73... This is a league. Yeah. Mm. Um, he played 73 games in the league and scored 40, which is... You can't argue with. Napoli, 71 in 104 games. Yeah. And Real Madrid, which... I never... I, I saw him a bit like I see Benz, Benzema in that... You know, he clearly is at the club that he deserves to be at, but he... Mm. He's not, you know, to use your phrase, ripping up trees, but he yeah. scored 107 goals it was games. that one that
0: surprised me yeah. I said that to you when we were looking through
1: the stats um, I never saw him as one of those
0: prolific players for Real which is why obviously Real weren't too fussed about letting him go but 107 in 190 that's that's over two a game yeah. uh, it's impressive so he's obviously scored goals wherever he's been and and to be fair you look at that over well, two league, two major leagues the Spanish league and the Italian league the three
1: big clubs um, I just think... Well, I'd argue four big clubs because he's now at AC and he's scored 6-15, which is nothing to...
0: No, it's nothing to sniff at, but if he, if he was doing as good a job there as they wanted, Gattuso was a fiery enough character to put his foot down, so we don't want him to go.
1: Yeah, it's true, but AC Milano are nowhere near the club they were, so maybe... Maybe. I, case, plus, Juventus probably wanted to, to grab some money because they're paying... Quite an more expensive contract. They're more, yeah, they're more likely to get a big fee out of Chelsea for exactly. than um, In terms of where you know where he comes from and, and his previous league with Sarri, you pulled up some very interesting stats.
0: Yeah, his most prolific the most prolific season of
1: his career, and I think I
0: mentioned this last year without uh, last week. Sorry, without the uh, the goals to games uh, was under Sarri at Napoli in 2015 16, and he scored. 36 goals in 35 appearances now that's that's an incredible amount but I also did notice um, that since that season there's been a decline in his output every season up to this point He scored less and less goals up to this point so you could argue he's becoming less prolific because he's getting older or uh, yeah. defenders in Italy trying, uh,
1: starting to work out that if you stop the supply line into him I mean for me it's a smart move for Chelsea because they uh, there's no one else uh, Sari came out last week I think it was or early this week and he said that Morata came to him a couple of months ago, it would mm. seem, and said, I, uh, my head's not right, my head's not right, I don't want to play, you know, I don't want to play, I just want to move elsewhere. It's very difficult for Sarri to keep a player like that in yeah, this Yeah, as
0: soon as a player says his head's been turned or as soon as a player wants, wants out, um, I, think I think it's the right decision for Alvaro Morata. Yeah. He, he has, hasn't,
1: he hasn't exactly, I mean, his first few months, you know, wow. Well, yeah, he's, he bagged he quite a lot of goals. Almost every game. Uh, since Sunday, then, it, he's, it would be unfair to say he's done nothing, but he's done as as near to nothing. Considering they spent
0: what sixty odd million on him, yeah, you'd want more. And he was supposed to be a light for light replacement for Costa, and he hasn't been. He's, I'd say, he's too
1: nice. I think Chelsea needs yeah. someone who's going to kind of be a bit of a battering ram. It's man. a bit, it's a bit like how I see Rashford uh, at, at that latter part of the Mourinho reign, in that his confidence was shot. So bit therefore, timid. yeah, his confidence mm. was shot. So therefore, he was overthinking things and never got it right. Mm. Um, no one has managed to be able to turn you know maratta's confidence around so I think leaving Chelsea and just putting it down to well, I if
0: Conte couldn't get the best starting of him towards the end and Conte got the best out of him at UV, didn't he then, Yes. then he, he needs a change of scenery and to go back to Madrid obviously he played for Real initially the rumours are that his next club will be Athletic, but nothing's been confirmed no um, it's rumbling on he's that. going back home isn't he Madrid yeah, will be yeah. his city I know it's not the club he was at but Madrid is his city. But if it is
1: Atleti, yeah, it's going to be an interesting putter in having Morata and uh, Diego Yeah. in the same side. Because Diego won't put up for timid performances. Absolutely no not. And you can imagine there's going to be some shouts there. I agree
0: with you in that Higuain, it's, it's a bit of a no-brainer but it's also a no-brainer because there's no one else out there. They need someone to lead the line um, he's, he obviously doesn't trust Giroud for whatever reason
1: no which is um, interesting because I've always seen Giroud as a bit of a he'll get you a goal did, well he
0: did the job coming back to the game uh, midweek he, I know he didn't score but he did the job Nothing he it meant, meant yeah, yeah. and it meant that Hazard wasn't lost in that central role Hazard could have his free reign yeah. free roam
1: behind the striker because Giroud was there I mean uh, just to, to, to end you know the, the chat about Higuain I think He's on a six month loan to begin with. Yeah. If Chelsea went from another for another year, it's going to cost him eighteen million euros, which is probably nothing for a striker like that, mm. you know, for another year, especially with his age. And if you want to buy him, it's thirty six million euros, which, you know, I, I assume that to buy price is all based on whether the Chelsea board have patience with Sari. Mm. And it worked under Sari. Yeah. Uh, but either way I think this interesting sign it is an interesting sign and come back to him
0: digging out Hazard from earlier on in the show um, it's a tactic that Sarri's used on Higuain so in that season that he was really prolific where he scored 36 and 35 yeah. Higu- uh, Sari actually came out in the Italian press a couple of times and called Higuain lazy
1: yeah and, and, and it obviously worked yeah and it obviously worked so you know it's going to be interesting to see how Sari continues to motivate his troops mm. um, let's move on to another actually it's strange how all these link. Uh, an ex-Chelsea man himself, uh, who I believe was has been out of out of a club for a for a short while, John Obi yeah. yeah. I mean, there's not much to much to say not, about that. But for Borough, who were trying to make their way within the Championship, want yeah. to get back in the Premier League, he, it's experience. He's,
0: he's a strong, tough-tackling midfielder, yeah. got a lot of energy. I don't know how much energy he's got left. I, I can't remember how old he is now.
1: He's in his thirties, isn't he, he? Yeah.
0: So I mean, and he's Premier League
1: proven, and that's where Borough want to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, just to end, let's uh, talk about uh, Lucas Parry, a uh, Sao Paulo, I assume you would say, uh, yeah. goalkeeper.
0: So, Palace was signing him on loan. I heard um, Tim Vickery speaking, a South American football expert, midweek, um, how Sao Paulo had hoped a couple of years ago when um, when Lucas was a teenager that he would be their, their kind of linchpin goalkeeper for years to come. Um, and it hasn't worked out. He's still third choice goalkeeper. At 21 being third choice isn't great at Sao Paulo. So they were more than happy when uh, when Palace came and asked asked for him. It's a weird one uh, that Palace have gone to some random third choice. Uh, I mean, he could have done. I just think
1: what's going to happen with Wayne Hennessy? You know, he's he's got yeah, till he the end of banned, the month yeah. to argue his case, um, but it looks like he's going to going to get a ban. Yeah, for for something. So and then that, um,
0: and playing Palace last week, they had Speroni in net for against yeah. us, and he made two glaring mistakes. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be a surprise. For Lucas to go straight in, but to come from a Brazilian league where you barely, as a goalkeeper, you're going to be barely jostled in the box on a corner or a free kick to come into the Premier League. Baptism, it's, isn't it? Baptist it's going to be a massive baptism of fire.
1: Um, just a couple more, really. I mean, I, I don't want to spend too long on this no. man, but Balotelli once again didn't make didn't make inroads at a club has left.
0: Well, he actually, for his first year at Nice, he had a fantastic year. Um, it seems to be which prompted them. Obviously, um, to extend his contract, but he seems to have fallen out with Vieira, which <sighs> it's it's the story of Mario's. Of the it's the story of Mario's career, really, um, and he's ended up at Marseille. I saw this morning that he scored on his debut in a defeat to Leal, came off the bench. Yeah, uh, it was a rather fiery game, which apparently had nothing to do with Balotelli. But I've not really read a great deal upon it. But scoring on his debut will be good for his confidence. Marseille, even though they're not where they have been in recent times. Are still a big club in france yeah arguably bigger than nice uh with a fan base they've got an absolute fanatical fan base marseille so if he did well there he'd it be, might be home for him you never if, know
1: if he did well there he has the potential to be an absolute hero mm-hmm. uh, i think ending on um, a man who uh, you know we talked earlier about that period of time for football when we were sort of growing up and you know um jose antonio reyes yeah. uh you Arsenal? I, mean, I don't think he played long for Arsenal but I always seem to just
0: It was his transfer to Arsenal I'd say was unfulfilled potential because when he went there he had all this kind of fanfare yeah. and he, he played a few games or uh, well enough for Wenger but he never really did what everyone expected him to do And he's 35
1: think, years old and he's yeah. got himself a new <laughs> got himself a
0: new, new club fair play to him um, It's again this is a bit of an uh, we've mentioned it because he's, uh, he's he's been in the Premier League before but it's a bit of a nothing transfer isn't yeah. it really
1: Just to end, really, I I just just one thing I've thought of and we've not written down, but uh, just a quick word on the the um, the on at Monaco. Oh yeah, Thierry, Um, going the way of Gary Neville. Yeah, I mean, must be. I don't. I don't know for a fact, but it must be the French way that um, they put you. They suspend you before they sack you. It was a weirdly. If you're suspended, you are sacked. But I don't. So from what I've heard, I was listening to.
0: a very popular radio show yesterday um, and a journalist called Mr Beedleman was talking to Jim White um, yeah. he, he works for La Keep and his opinion on the matter was that Thierry's arrogance has got him sacked now he said that he thinks they've sus- they initially suspended him in the hope that they could go to court and not have to pay him off um, interested that's doesn't I don't know if that's happened I don't know if he's has been sacked, sacked or if he's still suspended Well, they've rehired. Yeah, they've rehired Jadon, haven't they? So that's what his opinion was. He he thought that Thierry went in there as a player with his arrogance from as a player. So expecting. I'd read
1: that that his coaching techniques were bizarre. The Mm. word bizarre was
0: arrogance. You can see with Thierry if he went in there expecting people to be as good as him. Now that's why I always worried about Stevie when he went into management. Stevie Gerrard. I worried that he'd go into a club, and because he was able to do all these things as a player, yeah. he'd get frustrated with players who couldn't. But he seems to be doing quite a decent job. I think it's
1: Steven Gerrard, he, he, Lampard he, as well. Argue, yeah, it's true, but you'd argue, especially those two players you'd argue they never quite made it to that upper level, that Tyrion reading So maybe, and especially, I, I can't Lampard speak. I can't been, speak for in
0: league titles and Champions League. Yeah, so. I
1: can't speak for Lampard because you know I've, I've never lived down south. But no. in terms of being close to Liverpool, it's not the done thing to get to. to be too big for exactly, yeah, you what know. You mean, yeah. you, you, in Liverpool, if that's it's worrying the thing, that I knew where you were going with yeah, that. Yeah, I think we spent too much time together. Exactly, you know. So I think <laughs> that's probably helped Stevie. Plus, I think Rangers and Liverpool. I think those two clubs. I similar think similar in values. It, yeah, I think you know. I I think it's a Northern thing. So you
0: could you could talk about Stevie and Lampard choosing their clubs very wisely as yes. to where to start their yeah. managerial careers, whereas Gary Neville and Thierry Henry less so
1: well i mean they've they, they've not they, they've sort of springboarded themselves up a few notches Mo- not really, monaco
0: sure if... and valencia are two big clubs yeah um valencia is a bit more of a fishbowl because it's that's all they've got in the it's, city. A cr- yeah, it's a it's a crazy club isn't it it's a it's a crazy club and for Neville to think, he—I mean, he he would never managed in England before. No. So to think he could go to a new culture, not know the language, and still get your ideas across—you could argue that was arrogance as well. For,
1: for me, uh, Neville's sort of redeemed himself. He, you know, he's come out of being very oh, honest. Yeah, I think yes, I think yes. that's
0: uh, I. I really like Gary Neville. Or not I don't. I wouldn't say I like him. I think he's a fantastic pundit and he's yeah. very entertaining. Um, but it shows, because Thierry's a decent enough pundit as well. It shows you can be really a fantastic player a decent pundit when it comes to anal- uh, analysis after a game yeah. but when it comes to coaching players every day it's it's much harder than than they realize
1: it is and it you know it's that management side of things is it not everybody's mm. got it and you know I don't I I probably say I bet he doesn't go back into coaching after this experience I think months, it, it's, I don't know
0: I think he spent he's put a lot of effort into getting his badges with Arsenal and Belgium I think he might do I think he needs to take time out and, and either go to Vieira's yeah. at Nice 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 is different Nice there's a lot less pressure at Nice yeah. um, than the likes of
1: Monaco and the thing is Adonis he's only already, worked yeah. he's only worked under Roberto Martinez whereas actually
0: done. Vieira's been a club manager I know he was at New York But yeah. that's coaching players every day yeah. and as
1: a manager and in New York he's out of the way as well as yeah. you, you know, he's not as much press Sotirio needs to be to,
0: I'd like to think that he'd, he'd come back but it's an interesting point you make. He may, he may not. He might have turned him off management yeah. forever, having to deal with this. But to think he could go to a club the size of Monaco, having literally just kind of coached during the World Cup and kind of coached Arsenal youngsters for a couple of days a week, yeah. to go into coaching adults every day. It's true. Is, it, I can see a bit of arrogance there, but we don't know all the details. It just seems no. to have ended very
1: acrimoniously. It has, and they're in trouble. They are, you yeah. Yeah. So. But I think we'll end it there. I think, um, we, you know, as, as we do every week, we try and cut down the time and it never does work. We <laughs> fail miserably. Yeah. Um, we'll just say thank you for listening yeah. and we will talk to you next week.